deserve all the glory, all the honor. I love, I love, I love your praise. I love, I love, I love your praise. I love, I love, I love I love, I love, I love you, Jesus. I love, I love.
the Great Commission starts from verse 16. But I want us to read. Let's, let's go back to verse 16. God has given us the power. But this power is not just limited to casting out demons. It's not just limited to speaking in tongues. I know when the power of God comes upon you, the Bible says you will speak in new tongues. You will cast out demons. But let's not miss out on this wonderful privilege that we've been given the Great Commission. That the 11 disciples left for Gandhi, going to the mountain where Jesus had taught them to go. The mountain top, this is a place of encounter. It's a place of encounter. We are, not, we are no longer ascending and descending the mountain in the natural sense. But I'm not saying we should not go to the mountain. But all I'm saying is that there is no particular place where God is. Because in the Old Testament, God was in particular places. God was in and with particular people. But in the New Covenant, He is present in every believer. Are we clear on that one? When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So, when, when we say, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. Sometimes we lead ourselves to think about, yes, I know there is no sickness in heaven. So there should never be sickness in our lives. We can talk about those things. But there is something that God showed me. He said the authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he's now given us the same authority. Let's read verse 19. Therefore, when the same authority has been given, he's given us. Therefore, go and make. He was not saying, he was not saying try, he was saying go. He was commanding us. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Why was he telling us to go? Because we have already been empowered. Okay? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you may ask, Pastor, what is the difference between baptizing in the name of the Trinity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. How many of you have been confused, for example, they say, I baptize you in Jesus' name. And sometimes they say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm sure we've been confused. Which one is right, which one is wrong? I'll tell you both of them are correct. Because the Bible tells us that in Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead. So when you say in the name of Jesus, you have said in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's a topic for another day. Let's go to verse 20. Look at what he said. We don't focus on this. And he says, teach these new disciples 
to obey all the commands I've given you. You see, it's not enough just with souls. We have to disciple them. We have to ground them in the word. Now that they are born again, what is next? And be sure of this. Tell your neighbor, be sure of this. Why was he emphasizing? It is because sometimes you may not feel it, but you should just know it. I'm always with you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The God of the commission has also given us his presence all the time. Always, not just on Sunday, he did say, and sometimes, he says, I am with you always, all the time. So from, from, from the many scriptures, if you have studied your Bible from the Old Testament, you'll notice that what God mainly wanted was to, to be in a perpetual fellowship with man. Eternal fellowship with man. He didn't want just to merely visit men. He wanted to inhabit them. We have to move from divine visitation to divine habitation. Divine visitation. You know, a visit, a visit is temporal. And now when we talk about the divine habitation, we are saying God lives in us. God dwells in us. God has got that permanent residence in us. Meaning I can sense and experience his presence anytime. I can just be alone. The moment I just say, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, It is a reminder as I sing those songs from that place of intimacy I can experience his presence all the time and anywhere. So now I want us to also read Hebrews 13 verse 5 as I'm about to give you the title of verse 7. Those online they already have it in the caption. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Look at this. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. One of the things that takes people away from this divine presence of God, that takes people away from God, is when people become obsessed with money. To be obsessed with money is to have money control you. When people become obsessed with money, money is a God. 
And I always say, money makes a good slave, but, but a bad master. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you have always, for you always have God's presence. So the lack of contentment in the lives of many people is the lack of acknowledging the presence of God. When you become discontent, just know that you have not acknowledged that God is with you. You know what Paul meant when he said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. You read earlier verses and he said, you know, I have learned to be content. I have learned to live life when I have nothing. I have learned to live life when I have something. I have learned to live life when I have more than enough. And then he says, I can do all things. Meaning, if you find your contentment, your satisfaction in the presence of God, no man, no human being can buy you because of money. My relationship with God is not for sale. No amount is enough. The Bible says I was already bought with a price. And that price is priceless. The sacrifice of Jesus. For you always have God's presence. For as a deep promised you, and you know, when God promises, he does what he says. He is not like man that he should go back on his word. He says, I will never leave you. Never. I will not loosen my grip on your life. So when you feel like God is not there, just know that it's not God. It's the devil trying to attack your acknowledgement of his presence. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 28? It says, be sure of this. He didn't say feel this. He said, you just have to know it. You may, you may not feel it, but always know that God is with you. So the title of our message this morning is how to daily maintain an atmosphere of God's presence. How to daily maintain an atmosphere of God's presence. One of the greatest desires of each and every believer, every Christian, should be to experience the power and the presence of God. Not just momentarily, but perpetually. Not just on particular days, but every day. Jesus says, I will be with you always. So many God wants to fellowship with us all the time. God doesn't just want to visit us. He wants to inhabit us. A visit is momentum. A visit is temporal. But when God inhabits our lives, it means He stays there. He lives there. And that is why the Apostle Paul says, in Him we move. We live. We don't just visit. We have our being. The life of God's presence cannot be evident in our lives unless we dwell there. 
before we move. In Him we live and we have our being. So it has to move from divine visitation to divine habitation. People's lives will eventually change the way God wants. If we are inhabited with or occupied with God's presence, I believe this is the desire of every child of God, but let me tell you one thing. It does not automatically happen. You may be born again, but still feel dry. You may, you may be born again, but not experience its presence. It's possible. It's very possible. And this is what makes people to begin to wonder. Sometimes when the presence of God, it seems like there are people who are lost. Sometimes they're looking at their neighbor, they look at this sister is so much in the spirit enjoying whatever is happening. This brother is paying so much attention. And then that guy is there wondering and saying, what is this guy hearing that I cannot hear? What is this sister experiencing and feeling that I cannot feel? The degree to which you experience the presence of God is determined by your attitude. The degree to, to which you experience the presence of God is determined by your attitude. Your attitude is your response and how you carry yourself. God's presence is not automatic. But the presence of God is available to every believer. The presence of God is not automatic. But the presence of God is available to every believer. That is why there is a difference between omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. Tell your neighbor omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. Now, Om omnipresence is the attribute of God being everywhere. Whether we realize it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we know it or not, omnipresence is the truth that God is everywhere. But the tricky one is the manifest presence. Because the danger with the manifest presence, God can be in a particular place. Some people experience him and some not. Someone say after me, I refuse to miss the manifest presence of God. So just like the name. God's manifest presence is the presence of God being made manifest. This is the tangible presence of God. You know where when you're worshiping, you feel like you are touching God and God is touching you. You can tangibly feel it. 
You can feed him, rubbing himself on you. You can experience him in a particular environment. You can be walking, but you feel strongly the presence of God. As you begin to pray, you can strongly sense the presence of God as you are praising, as you are worshiping, as you are listening to the word of God, as you are making declarations, there is a manifest presence there. So what am I talking about when it comes to the manifest presence of God? If there is such a word, I'm talking about the feelable aspect of God. What you are, something that can be felt. The experiential. Something that can, can be experienced. The experiential presence of God is the manifest presence of God. However, there are things that you and I have to deliberately do. If we can daily maintain this atmosphere of God's presence. And that is why if you have noticed in many places, sometimes in meetings, in events, there are people who struggle to have the presence of God come down. There are some people that have to worship one hour in order for his glory to manifest. It doesn't have to become a routine. You can get in a place because you are deliberate, because you relate with God in a particular way. You will not struggle to fit in. You will not struggle to bring heaven down. Why? Because you move with heaven. You have become the very embodiment of his presence. He is in you. He is with you. He is for you all around so we have to be deliberate about it and this is what will lead to our partnership with God becoming stronger you cannot just talk about partnership without involvement, commitment and input the Bible says we are God's partners you cannot be a dormant partner in your partnership with God you have to do your part and God has to do his part. As sovereign, as powerful as God is, he won't do everything without your involvement. Someone say, Pastor, you're preaching well. So what are these some of the things? I'm not going to, to, to claim this sermon is going to exhaust everything. I'm going to share some of the things, just maybe generally. But can help us to maintain this atmosphere of his presence every day. There are people who come to church. Let me tell you one thing. There are people who come to church, if we can be honest, they are not looking forward to the service coming to an end. Why? Because their fear, I have spoken to a lot of people, their fear is what I am feeling in this place, I will not feel it when I leave this place. But that is not the will of God. He wants us to experience it everywhere we go, in our homes, 
on a bus, maybe if you are driving, when you are doing business, when you are work, when you are at school, in that exam, examination room, we are going to a time where some people may even be close to being disqualified from the examination room because someone will just say, hey, Kalam, tell them I the invigilator is shocked. What is happening? He said, I was just praying in tongues. Some of these things you will not plan them. You will just discover you spoke in tongues after you've already spoken. It happens so many times. Sometimes you are just having a conversation and you just say, and someone looks at you and you just tell them, my friend, it's normal. <laughs> In my world, it's normal. <laughs> he that speaks in tongues doesn't speak to man. He speaks to, speaks to God. You don't have to always understand me. Why and how should I be ashamed of my communion with God? God is not ashamed of me. He had, he, he had to reduce himself to shame for my glorification. Why should I be ashamed of him? What are some of the things we can do? Let's go to point number one quickly. Tell your neighbor, make prayer your life. Make prayer your life or oxygen. Make prayer your oxygen. Prayer should not be an option. So make prayer your life for oxygen, not an option, or something we just run to when in trouble. I love how you wrote this. Make prayer your life or oxygen, not an option, or something you run to when you're in trouble. There are many people who only want to pray when they're in trouble. You can be doing your chores and 
your spirit is on fire. You are praying in that moment. Make prayer your life or oxygen, not an option or something that you run to when you're in trouble. No. Prayer should not be treated like a parachute. Don't, you don't always need it. Prayer should be treated as a self-belt that you always need to have back all around your life. Jeremiah chapter 3, chapter 3, chapter 33, verse 3, the Bible says, this is God. It says, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So the more we pray, the more we have access to what God wants to do, the more we have access to the things God wants to show us. Sometimes we stop seeing God. Sometimes we stop seeing the things God is doing because we have stopped praying. How can you constantly hear from God when God has stopped hearing from you? How can you constantly know where God wants you to go when you have stopped praying? I was telling my wife this morning, I think around two, two or three, when, when I went to bed, I, I, I said something. You know that um, that language our guys I said I'm Hallelujah. I said you know where you're tired. But then you have things to do. So when I was done with my meditation, revision, and a few things, I also took time to listen to the 14 track new album that was released by Chelsea Shepard. It's so powerful. You must check it out on Google It's free. It's very powerful. And now, I just said, okay, before I go to sleep, after I have worshipped God, after everything, let me just pray. You know, closing prayer. Just say, let me just pray for you. God, thank you. May you continue to watch over us. May your name be praised. I surrender the programs we have this weekend in your hands. But you know what happened? I don't know what happened. I just kept on praying and praying and praying and praying. I was not stopping. And then when I was praying, my natural mind and my body were shocked. You know where you're praying, and then you ask yourself, you say, but why am I still praying? How many of you have been there? Like you're praying, you don't know why you you are still praying. You to be me longer to a season, but you're still praying. Just kept on praying. Until prayer becomes part of your life. God cannot be tangibly part of Mostly people don't daily experience God because they stopped praying. Because they stopped praying along the way. So you should talk to God on a daily basis. You should talk to God 
not just within the confines of church or church programs. You must talk to God. Be deliberate about it. God wants to hear from you. Prayer is an act of humility. Whenever we pray, we are saying, God, I cannot do this life on my own. I need you. Now and then. So the more often you pray, shows how much you depend on God. Men ought to always pray and never faint. You can give up on some things, but never give up on prayer. You can give up on some people, you can give up on some, some projects, but never give up on prayer. Prayer is a lifetime contract that you enter with God. You don't have to uh, walk out of it. You, can, you don't have to break it. It's a lifetime contract. Nobody graduates from the school of prayer. Nobody. Nobody graduates. Nobody says, I am done. Prayer is a lifetime university. Prayer is a lifetime covenant you have with God. So as you keep talking to God, He talks to you. So make prayer a daily priority. Prayer is not supposed to be an option. Prayer should be something that you highly regard in your life. When you pray, amazing things will happen. God says, call out to me and I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. When we are praying, we are telling God, my knowledge is limited. My understanding is limited. So you are praying so that God can help you to tap into his own knowing nature. Through prayer, you have got access to know what things don't know, what, what people don't know. Through prayer, you've got access to experience what other people are not experiencing. People who pray are different from those who don't pray. Very different. That was point number one. Always pray. Always pray. Always pray. You want to daily experience His presence. Pray. 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 Number two. Be committed and intentional to fellowship with God. Be committed and intentional to fellowship with God. I know we fellowship with God using different arenas and platforms. To fellowship with God simply means spending time with Him. Setting time aside to commune with God. You may fellowship with God through prayer, His word. Those are just things that you can use, okay? But I'm talking about being committed and intentional to fellowship with God. So fellowship is spending time with God, loving God. The way you love nobody else. That's fellowship. So in order to enter as well as maintain the atmosphere of God's presence in our lives, we need to be intentional about spending quality time with Him. Quality time with Him. Quality time with Him. You know, sometimes we talk about, you know, it's not about quantity, but what? 
But do you know that sometimes it is quantity that determines quality? So in quality, lie quantity. How much you are ready to spend? How much of your time? How much of your energy? How much of your resources? The time is quality. Set aside a special time to just be with God without distractions, without interruptions. This is where the service says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still in that moment. You are in, 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 in a place of tranquility. You are in a place of stillness. You are quiet. It is just you and God. This is where you empty your mind. This is where you empty your heart of the worries of this life. And you just focus on God. You forget about yourself, you forget about everyone around you, and you're focusing on God. Now this leads us to our next point. I've given you two points so far. We have to always pray. Number two, we have to fellowship with God. Number three, daily log in into God's book. Daily log in into God's book. There are people who feel and get sick when they have not logged into Facebook. When they have not logged into TikTok. Instagram. If it's the ladies, it's Snapchat. We've heard that not all ladies are makeup. Some of them get their makeup from Snapchat. Yes. Yeah. 
So to read is simply go through. There is a place where you need to study. This is where you need to ask and find the answers in the Bible. Study. Research. What, what our mother has really helped me over the years is to ask questions. How can I pray? How can I do this? Then you go to find answers in the Bible. And what is to meditate? To meditate is to deeply think about, to ponder on God's word. Do you have time when you, you deeply think about the scripture? You look at it. And then you begin to ask yourself, what is God saying? What is God saying? Meditation. You deeply think about His word. One of the things that will help us to meditate, study God's word, is what we learned in religious education. They, they said, sometimes you pause and you begin to ask yourself questions like, who said these words? To whom were these words spoken? And what do these words mean to me today? So when you begin to do that, you will notice that you are going to maintain an atmosphere of God's presence. Because it is not just the information you are getting from His word. There is an interaction that is taking place between you and God through His word. So daily look in into God's book. And that is the Bible. According to 2 Timothy, there are many scriptures we can see. 2 Timothy 2.15, we are told we need to study the word. We need to study the word. Some of you may be asking, Pastor, where do we find that Bible so we need to study the word? Uh, Joshua 1 verse 9, if you have to read it using the Amplified, the Bible says, this book of the Lord shall not depart on from your mouth. You shall read and meditate. Okay, so there is a place where you have to read and meditate. And many times, even in God's law, people were told you shall read the word not just for yourself, but also read to and for your children. Read in the presence of your children so that they can also learn what you what you know. No, no, my mic is cutting a bit, eh? So there are many benefits of daily reading, studying, and meditating on God's word. Let me just mention a few. When we we have a healthy relationship with the word, we have victory over temptation and sin. <laughs> we have the correct knowledge of who and whose we are. We know our identity and we know our assignment. We know our purpose. And like I said, we also have victory over temptation and sin. We know what we are supposed to do. We learn how to be generous through His Word. We learn how to do things God's way. Our faith is strengthened. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. So the more you have access to the Word of God, the more your faith is strengthened. And the more you go into the word, what do you learn? You learn how to pray right and in a godly manner. The Bible says that if we pray 
according to his will, according to his word, we have confidence that God will do what will hear us. So many our confidence is based on our knowledge of scripture. And our prayers eventually become effective and pleasing to God. Then as we read, study, and meditate on God's word, we are equipped for the work of ministry. We are, we are equipped uh, to be, become better parents, godly parents, to become um, prominent people in society, responsible citizens. Because the Bible has got everything. The Bible will help us how to become obedient and godly children, how to become obedient, to become good leaders, and how to become a useful member. I, I hope you're following so far. So, Second Peter says, Second Peter 1 verse 2, Grace and peace will be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God. Imagine. So when we say more grace, one of the things we are saying is that increasing your knowledge of the word. May God, look at this, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus. So the more you know God's word, the more the grace increases. So you can see even from this scripture that some people are lacking peace because they are lacking the word. The presence of the word of God in our lives will eradicate things that are trying to steal peace away, our joy away. So the presence of God's word will, will eradicate insecurity and all those things. So in other words, you get to know who God is more and more, more and more than never before. It is wrong. I want to know you even now, like never before. So, the more you go to the world, you show and expose how hungry you are. So, you know God more. As you are reading, studying, and meditating on His Word on a daily basis. Give us today our daily bread. The word of God is our food. Physical food. We eat physical food every day. Why should we skip our spiritual meals? We feed our flesh. Why should we stand our spirits? The Bible is like no other book. The Bible doesn't only inform us. The Bible transforms us. And let me tell you one thing. For example, I can be reading a powerful book by Miles Monroe. I can be reading a powerful book by Pastor Chris. I can be reading a powerful book by uh, Benny Haney. I can be reading a powerful book by Joyce Meyer, Pastor Daniel Kaira, Pastor Fred, you know, maybe Prophet Gomezio, or any any other servant of God. Maybe Prophet Emmanuel Macadua. 
Franklin Jensen, but let me tell you one thing. As I'm reading their books, the truth of the matter is that they are not there with me. The Bible is the only book you are reading and the owner, the author is there with you. It's the only book. You are assured of his presence. As you go into his word, God is there with you. Have you noticed it says, I will, when, when I leave, I will not leave you as what? But I'll send you the. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? He will come to you what? To teach us and to remind us. So the Holy Spirit is not just there in our lives to give us tongues, believers. The Holy Spirit is there to help us understand God's word, draw us closer to it. To, to God. That was point number three. Let's go to point number four quickly. To maintain an atmosphere of God's presence, you need to maintain an atmosphere of praise. Do you never praise? In order to maintain an atmosphere of God's presence on a daily basis, we need to maintain an atmosphere of praise. Give us Psalm 22. The Lord inhabits. <laughs> God dwells where he is praised. You can imagine that. Some of you, you complain too much and you chase away God's presence. But thou art holy. Oh, thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Israel, those are God's people. So maybe God dwells. He inhabits. God settles where he's praised. Are you always praising God? Or you are always complaining? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. How do you enter his courts? How do you enter his presence? Huh? True. Psalm 100 verse 4. Let's read it. The Bible says, enter with the password. Enter with the password. And what is the password for entering his presence? We need to say thank you. How do we make ourselves at home? How do we allow God to settle in our lives? Talking praise. Praise has to become a language. Talking praise. Look at that. Thank Him. Worship Him. So, when I was from a place, I presence here. Because, if I was around, I would have been around. I would have those who constantly praise God, they constantly and consistently experience the presence of God. We cannot come from a place where we are from praying and praising and you go home you are from saying, Oh, Sangha, Oh, Sangha, Mighty God, Mighty God, we give you praise, we give you praise, Oh, Sangha, 
and you go back home, the songs you're listening to. What are you doing? You are contradicting what you are doing. There are songs that people love. would even wonder. Kolibe anangatwa chani. Bichalo chako vela ni vela. Bichalo chaka yena. It's because you have allowed the world to control you. You are either controlled by the world or the world. So praise must become something that is part of our lives. We must do, we must be able to maintain an atmosphere of praise if we can we can maintain an atmosphere of his presence. Praise must become your language and confession on a daily basis. No matter what you're going through, talk praise. Remember who are created to proclaim God's presence. Imagine. In Isaiah 43, God will study that scripture. I, I think that's one of the most powerful script, uh, chapters I've read in the Bible. One of them. Uh, if, if you start from verse 2, verse 3, it says when you pass through the what? The waters. When you pass through the fire, God says, I am with you. Okay? You go to verse 7, God says, everyone whom I, I created for my glory. Now let's go to verse 21. Look at the reason as to why you and I were created. No matter what we are going through, our confession and our language must be praised. These people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Imagine, God formed us to praise him. Now give us the same scripture, MSG. Verse 21. The people I met, especially for myself, these are people that are custom made to praise me. Something that is custom made is made to fit. <laughs> so we have been made especially for God. A people custom made to praise God. Psalm 150, verse 6, that everything that has breath, praise. One of the reasons why you are breathing is to praise God. If you are not praising God, you are wasting your breath. Eh? One of the reasons why you are living and you are breathing is to praise God. If you are not praising God, you are wasting, you are wasting His breath. Let every living, how many people are living in this place? Breathing creature. How many people are breathing? We are all breathing. You cannot say you are not breathing and you are living. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You even say amen. Let every living, breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's a scripture. So in other words, praise must become our breath. Praise has to become our oxygen. Without praise, we cannot continue to live. Without praising God, there is no reason for us to continue to live. 
So we must learn to praise God even when we don't feel like it. Praise does not depend on what's going on. Praise depends on who God is. Let me say it again. Praise does not depend on what's going on. Praise depends on who God is. And we hear it when the praises go up. His glory, the blessings of God who do what? Who come down. So we have to praise God for who he is, not just for what he has done. If we always wait to praise God for what he has done, then our praise will not be effective. Sometimes you need to praise your way into breakthrough. You need to praise your way into, uh, into your healing. You have to praise your way into your release. Your freedom. Poor outsiders praise their way into their chains breaking. They never waited for, 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 for the condition to become to become conducive. But in that moment when when they were when they were stripped, in that moment when they were um, when they were whipped and so much more, they praised God even in the storm, even in the pain that God showed up. So praise is an expression of faith. You are telling God that no matter what I feel in my body, I will still praise you. No matter what I feel in my in, in, in my emotions, I, you are still God and you are still good. So no matter the condition that we are in, we must learn to praise God. Even when we have bills to settle and pay, we must praise God. Even when we feel that pain in our body and we are believing God for healing, we must praise Him. So praise your way into God's presence. It's a very, very powerful tool. So some people don't experience His presence on a daily basis because they don't praise God. Do you know that the songs you love actually determine and show they expose the quality of your relationship with God? You cannot be a believer. There are, there are certain songs that you have tagged gospel but not gospel. Gospel is good news. But the songs you are listening to are good bad news. You can know, every time when we, we have sung we have sung this song and we love it. We love the minister, our beloved sister for okay. Um, she's come to minister here. And that song has got its own place. Uh, and when, when we sing it, we even explain. In this moment, we're going to sing this song because. But you cannot make songs like na na like it becomes your anthem. You're always knocking. <laughs> Those were tired. Go to bed. It cannot become your anthem. You are even putting a step. Oh, my son. Why do we? God is not far. God is not far. He is with you. He is in you. The morning of Nava, the morning Hallelujah. Haven't you heard this that Mr. Ephraim, in fact, Pastor Ephraim doesn't sing that song? How many of okay, how many of you have, have been impressed with Ephraim's ministry? Have you heard him 
minister that song. The owner has dropped it. You are still singing it. It was a song for the moment. What I'm teaching you is that it's not about the tune. We have to focus on the content. I remember I told you there was a time where we were in a particular place, Pastor Dick and I grew with me, and they say they're going to lead us in worship. And we close our eyes in readiness to worship. And someone just said that that's a song. Tinakumbo, 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 Kumbo. Oh, Kumbo Tawa. So that's your worship song. We are in a place. This is a night of worship hosted by youths of influence. It was a concert. I think a night of worship. It was at, 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 the, at the church in Matera, and this, this sister, you know, Elfa Zilas, in the worship song, and we close our eyes, and she just starts the song. That was his prayer, watch. One eye is looking at her, I said, God. We need to redefine the norm. We need to understand what we are doing. What is worship? Worship is not complaining. So all those songs have got their place. And that is why when we say, let us pray and worship God, there are people who just say, I bind, I bind, I bind, I bind. What are you binding? It is not your time. It is God's time. Ah, well, if we are not teaching these things, you will continue making mistakes. So praise. Has to become a lifestyle. Let's go to number five, which is our second, which is our second last movie that should be. I don't have to remind you, I don't have few words. You all know it by now. Obey God. Obey God. That's point number five. Worship and live for Him. Obey God. Worship and live for Him. It's 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 in line with point number four. I want us to read First Samuel 15, verse 22. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? your bent offerings or sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. If we don't correctly teach on offerings, people will just bring their money. They will never give their lives to the Lord. Let's be, let, let, we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. If you're going to hear, if, 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 if you're a very close member of this church, you're not going to have someone I suspect and um, accuse your pastor of being someone who manipulates you to give. You're just going to say, no, you don't know who our pastor is. Because we teach about giving, but we don't emphasize giving in a way that sounds like manipulation. No. If we've done that before, may God have mercy. 
But then um, there is this question, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your bent offerings? We have to give. We have to give. And we're not talking about giving. We'll talk about giving even tomorrow. We are, we are starting projects. We have a lot of things to do. We have rentals to pay. We have things to buy. Okay, you saw those benches. We destroyed them because we got planks. So we need to buy chairs. So we, we will talk about money. Because money has got its one, one, what? It's one place. But what is more pleasing to the Lord is not what we give to God. So what is more important between your offering and your obedience? Samuel says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. It's not about, it's not about how big your offering is. It's about how big your obedience is. So even your, your giving is more effective if it, if it comes from a place of, of, of obedience, not to show off. Are you following me? It is better to do what God has commanded. There are people who cannot feel God because they are not living for Him. Let's just be honest. Do you know that sin has got the ability to take them your divine senses of his presence how can you experience God in sin the Bible says when we sin God turns his face away blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God there is a place where if you are in God you will easily experience sin Sin blocks that. So if we learn to live for God, do you know that sin condemns you? There is a place where you cannot effectively pray. Because when you want to pray, sin is telling you, my sister, my sister, I mean, so you <laughs> so there is always that voice of condemnation. You cannot effectively enjoy his presence if there is that constant voice of condemnation. Now, how do we silence this voice of condemnation? Declarations are not enough. We have to propose to live a life that is pleasing to God. Sin is a burden. Sin is a burden. Don't embrace it. It's a burden. It's a burden. It will hold you in one place. It will, it will drag you behind. It's a burden. The best form of worship is living for God. Do you know that there are many people who have stayed away from church? Get me right. Not because um, pastors are crooks. Not because Believers offended them. I know there is a place for that. We are not justifying church here. Okay? But let me also tell you this truth. There are many people who are staying away from church because of their own sin. And to now seal it, they are looking for a mistake where? In the church. That's why I stopped going to church. You cannot stop going to church because people are messing up. You don't follow people. They offend you, my bar, you still go back and drink. Because it's your money. 
Sometimes you even go back to that place to prove your critics wrong. Why should you stop going to church because someone, someone offended you? If one pastor offended you, has God offended you? Has every pastor offended you? If one church offended you, has every church offended you? I will not be childish. So we, we find reasons wanting to justify our lack of commitment to God. Now, let me tell you one thing. The major reason is because they have entertained sin. And sin is what takes you away from God. So the best form of worship is living for God. The presence of sin diminishes the presence of God in our lives. Eh? The presence of sin diminishes. It fades the presence of God in our lives. Obeying God means to do what God wants. To do what God has commanded. Obey God without changing or editing what he has said. Don't cut scriptures to suit what you prefer. That is heresy. Don't add or subtract. Let's obey God. Let's follow the word of God for what it is. Sin is sin no matter who does it. And that is why even David, a man after God's own heart, was still punished by God when he sinned. Because sin is what? Sin is sin. Sin never becomes holy just because a man of God has committed it. Adultery is still adultery if, if, even if a pastor is the one who has been caught. So sin is what? Sin is sin. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 4 verse 24 that God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in the spirit. And in what? In truth. Meaning our worship of God must be spiritual. That's number one. And our worship of God must be truthful. We don't have to even let me, let me go to No. It's as simple as that. Your worship of God has to be spiritual. It has to go beyond the physical realm. And your worship of God doesn't have to be pretentious. Your worship of God has to be truthful, based on his word. And you have to take away the, the acting, the hypocrisy, and be real, be truthful with God. So you can worship God at all times, not just in church on Sunday. You know, when you limit worshiping God to Sunday, you are doing a disservice to God. Because God doesn't, God doesn't just want us to be with Him on Sunday. He wants to be with us always. I will be with you always. I will be with you all times. I will never leave nor forsake you. So if there is a huge gap between you and God, it is not God who has moved it is you. Let's go to our last point for today. How do we maintain an atmosphere of God's presence? Be proud. Be public about your relationship with God. Be public and proud of your relationship with God. Be public and proud of your relationship with God. There are a lot of people who cannot experience God experientially, tangibly, everywhere they go at school, at work, when they're doing business, when they're walking about, when they're doing chores. Why? Because their Christianity is tied to a particular location. 
be public. I mean, always, always, meaning everywhere we go. So God doesn't just want us to know Him. He also wants others to come to know about Him through us. But how does that happen? When we we are proud of who we are, when we are public about it, don't be ashamed that you're a Christian. If people ask you where are you going, you're going to church, proudly tell them I'm going to church. There are Christians who end up church how much to be some end up with a dynamo somewhere. You go church somewhere, man. Sometimes people are not proud of mentioning church because of how people know you. Don't, don't be ashamed. It is your honesty that will inspire people. When, when it's a Saturday, when it's a Friday, when it's a Sunday, when you're just supposed to be doing other things, you know, vibing, relaxing, you know, enjoying yourself, and you say you've gone to church. That value you are placing on fellowship will inspire others. Be public. Be proud of your relationship with God. That's point number seven. Because what you mostly talk about determines what fills your heart and your mind. So be public about it. Be proud. Wherever you are, let people hear you talk about God. And then there are times we are having discussions with my friends and, and sometimes they'll just say, Ah, wait, man of God, let's be realistic. And I tell them, my reality is the Bible. <laughs> what is your reality? You tell them, okay, the reality is that when someone offends you, you have to help them. That's all. Huh? Yes. That's what when someone slaps you, you have to slap them back. But my reality is the Bible. When I get born again, I lose my rights. I don't do things my way, I do things God's way. But sometimes you even tell them, it's okay. But you just tell them, I'm Christian. So there's some things I will not do because I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I just feel like something, but I'm a believer. <laughs> and in that moment, you know what you're doing? You're ministering to someone. Someone insults you. Naturally speaking, you have to insult them back. Not so. Even in the courts of law, there is a place where if someone comes and they beat you, you can beat them. There is a place where you can kill someone. It's not even it's not even murder. It's court self-defense. You know that? So naturally speaking, some of these things are just viable. But what does the Bible say? Our reality is the word of God. Reality demands that you cannot keep giving someone, you cannot keep helping people. But the Bible says never stop doing good. Again. The Bible is a book and it's only <laughs> it's either you obey it or not. I believe those things I have shared are helpful to us in maintaining an atmosphere of His presence. Number seven, I said we have to be.
public. We have to be proud of our relationship with God. Number six, I, I said we have to obey God. We need to worship and live for Him. Number five, I said we have to maintain an atmosphere. That's number four. We have to maintain an atmosphere of God's presence. An atmosphere of praise is what will necessitate an atmosphere of God's presence always. Number three, I said we have to daily log into his book. And number two, I said we have to be committed and intentional to fellowship with God. Number one, I said we have to make prayer. Our life more than an option. We can rise to our feet.
Thank you, Father. We worship you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. We shall pray asking God to help us become intentional about maintaining an atmosphere of praise. But generally an atmosphere of His presence in our lives. May we be intentional to pray. May we be intentional to have a healthy relationship with the Word. May we be intentional about fellowship. May we be intentional about praise. May we be intentional about being publicly proud of our relationship with God and other things that we mentioned. I want us to say, God, we are going to be intentional. We are going to be committed. In Jesus' mighty name, shall we pray? In the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray. Help us to be intentional about maintaining an atmosphere of your presence in our lives. May I be public and proud of my relationship with you, oh God. May I obey you, wish and for you. I pray for that God, I will maintain an atmosphere of praise in my life. I will look into thy book. I will have a healthy relationship with your word. I shall fellowship with you. I will pray every day. In Jesus' name, all us to lift up our hearts. Forever we love you. That's a simple song. Forever we
Jesus. 